the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. AM 1220 KDOW presents Money 2.0. Money 2.0. Now, shedding light on your portfolio and helping you make it grow. Here's certified financial planner and Money 2.0 host, Chad Burton. Welcome into Money 2.0. I'm your host, Chad Burton, certified financial planner. Today, we're going to talk about kids. We're going to talk about college. I've even got an interview with two of my youngest coming up later in the show because I want to talk to you about college, about kids, about saving for college and also teaching kids about money. And, uh, you know, just recently was take your kids to work day a couple of weeks ago. So I had them record a couple of things. I'll share with you a little later in the show. Also college, it's, it's so extremely important. You know, most of the time I'm talking about portfolios. I'm talking about wealth management, retirement planning. In fact, June 8th, Rob Black and I are going to be Palo Alto at the Elks club all day long. We got uh, wealth management in the morning and money 102 in the afternoon, which is more about, you know, what to do for your own retirement. Once you have maxed out your 401k, your IRAs, you're trying to figure out what to do next. That's the money 102. Once you have wealth, how are you going to distribute it in retirement? That's the wealth management retirement plan. You can find out more about that at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. But again, today we're talking about college and kids and it's such a huge investment. Was it savingforcollege.com? And that's where you can compare 529 plans. They even have calculators for your kid's college. And if you had a child today and it was 17 years until they go to college, or let's say you have a one-year-old today, it's 17 years until they go to college, and you're assuming that the college that they're going to go to is $25,000 a year, which is somewhat low in California and Oregon and Washington where a lot of people listen to the show and the podcast – and let's say they were going to go for four years and make it out for four years on a full-time basis. And you had to save for that task, that goal, that daunting goal of how you're going to pay for your kid's college. And let's assume that you're going to earn a 7% after-tax rate of return. But the problem is, is that college costs are creeping up. It used to be by double digits. It's slowing down a little bit. But let's say they increase at 6% a year from now going forward. And you want enough to pay for 25 grand a year for four years in tomorrow's dollars at 6% inflation. Guess what? You need to save about almost 700 bucks a month to do that. Most families can't afford to do that. They have to end up doing cash flow issues, borrowing money, financial aid. But then, you know, their kid might go to college and get a degree in English or, you know, theology or whatever, and they're sitting on their couch in the basement and you just spent $300,000 on your kid's education. It's a huge, huge investment that you're going to make. So 
what I'm going to talk to you right now, I'm going to bring on a friend, Lisa Steele. She helps people kind of figure out what to do, what college to go to, even career issues. Lisa, can how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having Good. me on, Chad. Oh, you bet. Thanks for doing this last minute because I wanted to put this show together and uh, uh, wanted to get you on and talk about exactly you know what do you do and, and why you do it, Lisa, because you kind of switched gears in your career mm-hmm. and had a, two boys that went to college so you know the cost. So tell me exactly what you do. Tell the audience what you do. Well, it's actually working with my two boys that got me interested in this whole field. It's a very complex field, and it's very different than when you and I went to college. So I'm a college advisor, and I have a, went to school and have a certificate in that. You also have to have an undergraduate degree, of course. And I really do it because I love working with teenagers and helping guide them to find the right fit. There is a right college. There are many right colleges for every student. So, and let's talk about that because let's talk about, first of all, how you help them find the right college. What do you do? Somebody comes to you and they say, I want to be a doctor. What do you do? Well, first, I I kind of break the whole process down into uh, very simple steps, manageable steps. The first you know, I, I get all the objective information and then um, some objective information. For example, um, do some tasks like Myers-Briggs, strong index of indicators. I have this deck of 100 cards that uh, I ask a student to go through and say, do you want a big school or a small school? And that gives me an opportunity to also talk to them, what is a big school to you? What What is a small school to you? Um, or rural versus suburban. How close do you want to be to the city? So I get to know the student really well. And from that, I also learn their learning style. And together with what their interests are, which I also have a major finder for and uh, several uh, um, tools that I use, um, then I can create a college list for them. And the the first list is going to be very long um, because I do want the student to own the process and to do do some research and visit when that's possible and decide, you know, really what schools they're interested in. In. Ultimately, that list usually boils down to about 12 schools, uh, 12 applications, although I consider the UCs and the CSUs one application each. Um, mm-hmm. And then from there, I help them uh, brainstorm on their essay. It's really important that they both stand out from their peers, but also fit in with the mission and the college. Um, and I also how many kids? Them- how many kids are actually doing this, Lisa? Because anywhere people spend anywhere from you know. Maybe it's 75000 if they do a couple of years at a community college and then go to a university to 350000 at an Ivy League. How, what percentage of families actually take the time to, to do this research so they can make the most out of their investment for college? Well, overall, I don't have that number, but I can tell you that uh, the field is growing at exorbitant rate because of all, of all the complexities and the financial costs of going to college. So in my area, um, you know, East Bay, I would say at least 50% of folks are doing this. And it's because this whole uh, process has become so daunting. And there's, you know, what's the FAFSA? What's the CSS? Well, is it better to go early decision? Should I go um, early action? You know, what are the rules for the NC2A? Um, it, it's, Let's it's talk really- about that. What do you mean by go early decision? Well, early decision, there's, early decision is a binding process. So you apply to one school and early, usually November 1st, November 15th, and then the school will tell you before December 15th if you are, if you're in. 
And if you are in, you have to go. The one exception would be um, uh, not sufficient financial aid, but that's rare. Um, there's also early action, which is the, very similar. They'll tell you the same time, but it's not binding. And then there's single action early action, which Stanford, Yale, Princeton, and Harvard have, which say you can apply early action to us. We'll tell you if you're going to get in, in uh, December, um, but it's non-binding, and you can't apply anywhere else during that early period. And is there any tricks in all of that that you that you said? I think we were talking once, and you said if, yeah, if there's I, a certain I, amount of merits that you might get some money for it, you don't want to go early decision. Those types. Yeah, of things? I, it's really rare that um, I recommend a student go early decision, especially if there's financial aid involved, because if they commit to a school. They can't compare financial aid packages. And so when financial aid is involved, I like them to, you know, go regular decision, get all the financial aid packages, and then we can compare them. You know, how much is work study? How much is secured loan? How much is unsecured loan? How much is merit? And we can find, you know, what the best deal is uh, for the kid, um, the student. And in addition to that, you can always, like, let's say they get um, their first choice school and the, the uh, financial aid package is not to their liking. But their second choice school is to their liking. Well, sometimes you can go back to that first school and show them what the second choice school gave, and they will match it. Not always, but you do have some tools that um, can get you where you want to go. Now, you work in an area. I mean, you're obviously from the Bay Area. And as you know, being in the Bay Area, uh, you know, you had 100000 a six-figure income in the Bay Area versus Oregon, Washington, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, it's a very different income in the Bay Area because it's so expensive to live and buy a house and everything else. So when it comes to financial aid, and they base it a lot of times on income and assets, what are some tricks that you've learned that people that have families that have maybe a high income but they haven't had a chance to save a lot? What do you tell uh, them for financial aid? Here's here's what I recommend. Uh, There's a great website um, uh, called bigfuture.com. And on there, they have a whole section of financial aid. So you can see what the average financial aid package is from that particular college or university. The other thing that you can see is what is the average college debt upon graduation? I recommend that no family and no student get over twenty-five dollars to $30,000 in debt um, because I mean, it, otherwise I'll be paying for uh, the, you know, the debt forever. The other thing, and I tell everybody this, and it's rare that they do it, is to fill out the FAFSA, which is the federal application that's necessary for student funds, mm-hmm. early, with the Rose Parade on. So January 1st, be filling out that information. And, in fact, before that, and if you're applying to a, a private school, you're also going to have to do the CSS profile, um, gather the stuff at the end of the year. Now, now certainly January 1st, you may not totally know what your income is. However, you can go in and revise it. You should be able to ballpark it. And the reason for that is money does dry up. As we move further and further along, there's less and less money. So do it early. And I guess the last thing... Well, because it's due in June, correct? Am I wrong on the date? No, it's wrong on the date. It's usually uh, March 15th. It varies by school. Um, But I guess the third thing I would say, and the last thing, is get yourself a good financial plan. Yeah, project early, and it's a lot of families now. It's a cash flow situation because, like I mentioned, 
the average family, they have a child now. I mean, the fact that very few people are going to be able to have a baby, max out their 401k, pay for diapers, pay for everything else, and save $700 a month. But in the future, their income will be higher. Their business may be producing more. And so it's a cash flow analysis. It's just, you know, what's it really going to, to cost? And how do we, you know, maybe we pay down a home equity line of credit. Maybe we put things into retirement so that you do qualify for financial aid, those types of things. How many people, Lisa, how many kids actually stick with the major they pick in the first year? Well, it's highly unusual. Um, actually, the average college student changes their major three times. In fact, mm. Harvard Business reviewed this study, and they interviewed 18-year-olds and asked them what they were going to do, what they were going to major in, and what their career choice was going to be. And they followed up with those same students at the age of 28, 10 years later, and only 10% were in the profession that they predicted that they would be. Everybody else had changed their mind. And in fact, I'm at a conference, the Western Association of College and Missions Counselors right now in Los Angeles, and one of the women who is a counselor uh, said today that, uh, you know, she did all this work actually um, herself. And finally, after four career changes, she's back to what was originally recommended that she do. So um, I think all of us know that if we ask somebody now, are you working in the field or, you you know, that your major supports? And, you know, most people say no. Yep. Now, in, in quick minute that we have left, or actually 30 seconds, yeah, we've got a minute. We could stretch this a little bit. You do a cost comparison sometimes because people might want to go to Berkeley, but people only mm-hmm. – they almost have to do five years versus a private college that looks more expensive on an annual basis. Can you explain that quickly? Sure. A lot of people just look at the tuition. So um, they would look at four years at Berkeley and four years at St. Mary's. Well, most kids are not going to get out of Berkeley in four years. So you have the extra cost, the fifth year of tuition, but you also need to factor in the opportunity cost because the student is losing the amount of money that they would make from a job that they could go into after four years at the private university. That's amazing. Now, Lisa, do you mind if I give your email address out to people or would you rather no, that would be keep it private? Okay, after the break, I'll give out Lisa Steele's email address. And uh, this is huge, people. I mean, you're investing in your kids' education. You're saving for You're helping them pay for a huge dollar amount. And yet you research a mutual fund for your $5,000 Roth IRA, but you won't research your kids' college or get some outside advice. So you got to do it. If you want to get your calls in the area, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Coming back after the break, we'll talk a little bit more about options for saving for college and teaching kids about money. We'll be right back. If you want to email me, chad at chadburton.com. Hi, this is Ava, and you are listening to my dad, CFP, Chad Burton, on Money 2.0, AM 12. Send him an email at chad at chadburton.com. Welcome into Money 2.0. That was my beautiful eight-year-old daughter, Ava. And on Take Your Kids to Work Day, we recorded some radio intros and, and actually an interview of my eight- and ten-year-old to show you that you know kids can learn about money, what stocks are, investing at a really young age. And they're not going to follow what you say. They're not going to fully comprehend it, but it will stick with them forever, and they'll think about it. What we're talking about first, though, and we were talking with Lisa Steele, um, and Lisa is a friend, and she's been doing this college counseling, which is such a huge growing industry because 
college has gone up so drastically, 42% from the year 2000. So it costs 42% more to go to college now than it did in the year 2000. Now, in the meantime, we had a huge market correction, but did college costs go down? No. Did your 529 plans and UTMAs that you save for your kids go down? Yes. In 2009, they've recovered, though, hopefully. But it's a huge investment that you're going to make. And why it's it might just be an investment for your child, but it's an investment for you because if they do it wrong, they're probably on your couch right now. Youth unemployment is very high. And there's a ton of competition. So if you're saving all this money that for many people ends up costing, you know, a couple years of their retirement, you better make sure you do it right. So if you want a good college counselor, Lisa Steele, she's at LDSteel at Comcast.net and that's Steel with an E. So that's L-D-Steel with an E. So S-T-E-E-L-E at Comcast.net. If you forget that, you're driving, go to newfocusfinancial.com, chadburton.com, shoot me an email. I'll forward you the email. Um, get some recommendations on college. Have your kids go through assessments. It's just like me. When I hire employees, when I hire new planners, I give them personality tests, assessments, just to make sure that they're in the right field and that they're going to be happy. Uh, it's a huge investment of my time to train somebody, just like it's a huge investment for you to pay for your kid's college. There's a new book out. It's by William Bennett and David Wallazal, I think is how you pronounce it. The book is, is all about, is college worth it? In fact, that's the title of the book. And the, it's questioning the value of a college degree. William Bennett, he was a former secretary of education in the Reagan administration. And I think you're going to see large changes in the way that that uh, universities are funded so that we get our money out of it in the future. It's a huge cost. Again, it's doubled, up 42% from the year 2000 to 2010. Now let's look at some of the costs out there. And if you want to call in and say, hey, this is what college I'm going to send my kid to, what does it cost per year right now? So – for example, maybe your kid is looking at uh, Oregon State University because they don't want to go to UC College. I don't know why. I'd be a duck, not a beaver. But Oregon State Beavers, that's going to cost you tuition, $20,435 a year, books, $1,764 a year, room and board, $9,168. Other expenses, $2,574, so a total of almost $34,000 a year. If we look at California and we look at, uh, I think, Lisa mentioned University uh, or UC Berkeley. And really, the UC schools are all going to be about the same. You're talking about $56,000 a year if you need room and board because room and board is about fifteen grand of that. So a lot of families, a lot of kids, the best thing to do is going to be to send them to a community college for the first two years. Or a lot of the UC schools, they can't really get done in four years. They're going to go five. So maybe you're better off paying for a private school that might be more on an annual basis, but they'll get out sooner, as Lisa mentioned. So it's a huge issue. Now, how do you save for college? How do you and when do you start saving for your kid's college? First of all, you have to do a financial plan first. Make sure you're on track for your own retirement. Now, if you're 20 years old... 22 years old to 35 years old, and you've been, since you've been working, saving 15% of pay, you're probably on track for a retirement at age 65. If you've been very religious about paying yourself first, you're probably on track. It's tougher to say when you're 40, 45. You need a lot more saved up. And so you want to make sure you do a financial plan first to make sure you're on track for your own retirement before you start plugging money away into 529 plans, UTMAs, education savings accounts, or the Coverdale plan, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. You have to make sure you're on track first. 
There's too many families that make the mistake. They have a 15-year-old kid, and all of a sudden they start saving in a 529 plan, and then they you know, learn about financial aid too late, and they actually screw up the financial aid because they've saved the wrong way too late for the child. So you can't just go into this blinded. You have to learn about financial aid rules. Coming back, we'll talk about saving types of accounts and websites you need to go to. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Eli, and you're listening to my dad, CFP, Chad Belton on Money 2.0, AM 1220. Send him an email at chad at newfocusfinancial.com. Welcome back into Money 2.0. So that was my number two, Eli. He's 10 years old, and that was so much fun because his cut took a lot longer. We've got some awesome bloopers from trying to do this radio intro. We cracked up for about a half an hour before we could get it right. So that whole day of uh, teaching the kids about money, and I've got an interview for Eli and Ava that talks about Warren Buffett and even stocks that kids would invest in. So if you finally explain to them what a stock is and you say, you know, what's a company that you would like to own? You can hear Eli and Ava's tips. Well, let's not call them tips. Consult a broker advisor before taking any action. They're just stocks that make sense to them as kids and what they use, what they play with, the clothes that they buy. So we'll talk about that a little bit later and, and hopefully get some time to talk about money. By the way, if you have a way that you teach your kids about money, a really cool allowance and reward system that you might use or an app now that you're using for your iPad for allowance, Call the show, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. In the meantime, let's get back to college and saving. First of all, remember that if your kid is older and there's a chance you might get financial aid, you need to know about that before you start saving for kids' colleges because sometimes it's better to sock money away in other places like retirement accounts, like paying down home equity lines of credit, debt, other things like that before you ruin your child's chances for getting financial aid. Even grandparents that end up setting up a 529 plan for their grandkids' education, some of that can be pulled back into the formula. So you need to be careful and do this as a family. Now, I'm going to give you some websites first before we talk about that. And again, once you know you're on track for your own retirement, you think about saving for college. A couple of websites, Lisa Steele, the college counselor that we had on a little bit earlier in the hour, Mention bigfuture.com. That's bigfuture.com. There's also finaid.org. That's F-I-N-A-I-D dot O-R-G. That's where you can learn about financial aid. There's collegeboard.com. They have some decent financial aid info there, and it looked like uh, last time I looked, there is an office in San Jose. Uh, there's collegeexpress.com. That's college, E-X-P-R-E-S-S.com. So you can do college searches and scholarships that might be eligible for your kids. Now, if you want to learn about saving for college, though, savingforcollege.com. That's savingforcollege.com. They have college calculator costs there. You can learn about everything. It used to be just for 529 plans, but now you can learn about everything, financial aid, scholarships, Coverdale Education Savings Account, UTMA, 529 plans. You can compare 529 plans all across the state. For example, many of you had the California 529 plan. It used to be done by Fidelity. Then all of a sudden, Tia Kreff took it over. Now, I think the TIA-CREF plan that now that took over the California plan, I think it's better than the Fidelity one was. However, if you're starting a new 529 plan, I typically recommend Utah's 529 plan. Now, what is a 529 plan? That's a way where you can put money in. It grows tax-free in mutual funds 
or tax deferred, and it's tax-free. None of the growth ever gets taxed as long as the beneficiary uses the money to pay for secondary education. And there's colleges in the U.S., there's colleges abroad, there's certain uh, types of technical schools that it works for. It's secondary education. There's no private high school, not at all. Now, in those types of plans, each person, you could put up $14,000 a year per, ki- per child, per, per parent. So two parents together, they could add $28,000 because it goes against the gifting limits. Now, a couple, a wealthy couple, could put up to 70000 per person or one hundred and forty grand in per kid every five years. Now, there's most plans have a lifetime contribution limit because the great thing about 529 plans is not only are they tax-free for college, but – they're not taxed at the estate level if you die. So they're very good for wealthy families that are trying to get assets to the next generation without paying estate taxes. There's two other types of savings vehicles that people use, the Coverdale Education Savings Account, the UTMA account. I'll talk about those after the break. If you want to get your calls in the area, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget to check out the website, newfocusfinancial.com. Rob Black and I are going to be at Palo Alto June 8th coming up to talk about retirement and wealth management. Check out the website. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Ava, and you are listening to my dad, CFP, Chad Burton, on Money 2.0, AM 1220. Send him an email at chad at chadburton.com. Uh, I think I might have to have my kids' intros stay in the show. Station might get sick of it, but I never will. If you want to get your calls in there to talk about a money issue that has to do with kids, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. So let me go through the other types of typical plans I can't talk today that people use to save for the kids' education. I talked about the 529 plan. A plan that's better for many families as long as your adjusted gross income is under 110 single or under 220000 on a joint return. It's a Coverdale Education Savings Account. It works a lot like a 529 plan. You make contributions to it. You can add up to $2,000 per year, and it grows tax-deferred, and it's tax-free as long as it's taken out for education, any education, though. So the difference between a 529 plan that's only for college or secondary education, the education savings accounts, Coverdale Education Savings Accounts, ESAs, can be used for elementary school, secondary schooling, college, whatever it may be. So if you're in an area and you know you're saving right now for your kid's education, you're going to have to be paying for private high school because of the area that you live, for example, then that might be the plan for you. Now, the old accounts, UGMA, UTMA, custodial savings accounts, that's where you know you used to be able to save and invest and it's you know taxed at a low rate and then the kids, well, what happens is they, they eventually take control over it. 18 some states, 21 in other states, I don't like those. I, I rarely set those up for anybody. Usually if i dealing with them, it's because I'm taking them over. Somebody set them up a long, long time ago. There's really no no tax incentives left on UGMA or UTMA custodial accounts. It's a way to just get money out of your state, give it to the kid, but the kid gets control at age 18 or 21, the age of majority, depending on the state. And what if that kid doesn't turn out how you want to? So why would you give it away and have no control over it when the child's so young? So be careful with that. And you know what? One of the things is how are they going to deal with money at age 18 or 21? So let's talk a little bit now about talking to your kids about money. And kids can learn about investments at a young age. They won't remember it all, but they kind of get the concepts. 
And I'm going to share with you right now an interview with my youngest two. I've got three children, my youngest two, Ava and Eli. When I was talking to them and interviewing them about what they've learned about investing. So, hi, Ava. How are you? Good. Are you ready to tell the audience what a stock is? Yes. Okay, what is it? It's a share of a company that you own. So how do you make more money in stocks if you own stocks? If the company you own makes more money, your stocks become more valuable. Okay, so what would be a company that you would want to own a piece of? Target. Target? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to own Target? Because they have cool clothes. So you shop there a lot? Yes. I I shop there a lot. Eli, do you like Target, too? Do you think that's a good pick? Yeah. Okay, why? Because you like Sean White clothes? Uh-huh. And, and the toys. Okay, so and Sean White's a good snowboarder, right? Okay, so Eli, what is, who is the most successful investor of all time? Warren Buffett. So what's the name of Warren Buffett's company? Um, Blakeshire Hathaway. Yep. I like the way you say that. Sounds good. Now, so Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway, is coming out with a new book called The ABCs of Berkshire Hathaway because Berkshire Hathaway owns a bunch of different companies. So each letter of the alphabet stands for one of the names of one of the companies that Berkshire might own. So let me give you a quiz. What is if, – if uh, you go through the alphabet, what does the letter D stand for in Berkshire Hathaway ABCs? Dairy Queen. You like Dairy Queen? Yeah. Okay, well, how about G? What's, what's G stand for? Geico. What's Geico do? Car insurance. Do you have any car insurance yet? Of course not. <laughs> okay. What about uh, H? What does H stand for? Heinz. What does what Heinz do? Make ketchup. Okay. How about M? What does M stand for? Mars Incorporated. Do you like Mars? What do they do? They make candy bars. M&M's. And what's that? M&M's? Yeah. Sounds pretty good. So if you were to buy a piece of a company, what's a piece of a company you would want to hold on to? Hasbro. Why do you want to own Hasbro? Because it has all my favorite toys. Like which ones? Beyblade. Beyblades. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for that information and educating our audience. Kids can learn about money. Kids can learn about investing. If you kind of sit down and explain to them, you know, what is a share of a stock? I mean, it's funny because my kids, you know, they've grown up now watching CNBC and Bloomberg in the morning. One of the things that I've been doing over the last three years is I get up real early and work from home until I'm the one that ends up taking them to school. And so when we're eating breakfast together and everything else, they're watching usually at that time of the day CNBC. I only like CNBC kind of in the early morning. Um, and then it's Bloomberg the rest of the time for me. So they have nicknames for everybody like Simon who's the most annoying person on CNBC. They call him Salmon. Um, they call Carl Coco. <laughs> they've got names for everybody. They know the commercials and they know, they, they see stocks going up and down. Um, they know that Hasbro does My Little Pony and they, they learn that from watching CNBC because My Little Pony, I don't know if you know this or not, because that was popular when I was a kid with girls. Now it's popular again with like all ages and boys and girls. It's kind of weird. I don't like it, but that's the case. Oh my gosh. A producer just, te- just sent me an IM that says, we have bronies here. So yeah, male people that like my little ponies are called bronies and it's, it's, it's really odd. I'm, I'm not with it. I'm, 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 I'm more scared of bronies than I am hipsters. Let's just, let's just say that producer. So ta- talking to kids about money, do you have any luck with how you've taught your kids about money with, with, apps for allowance with rewards because there's certain things that the kids need to do as part of the household, but then they also need to guide the idea of learning about money. So a couple of sites that you might want to check out if you haven't found anything on your own 
You know, a favorite that I've had for many years is the Money Mama Piggy Bank. And this is a deal where you get this piggy bank, and, and it's kind of starting to get out a little bit outdated because we don't give our kids coins anymore. <laughs> but but the Mama Piggy Piggy Bank is really good for the real young ones because there's four different pigs. There's the Mama Pig, and then there's three little pigs in front of her. And each one has a slot. And this sounds a little bit silly to those of you that typically listen to me for wealth management and retirement planning, but each slot represents something. So you have one portion that you set aside for charity, one portion for investments. That's something that they're saving for way off in the future. One one portion for savings, which is something they want in the short-term future, and then one slot for what they're spending. Okay, so they got those four different areas. And you can find that at... Uh, RaisingSuccessfulKids.com or ProsperityForKids.com. That's Prosperity, the number four kids.com. Got any ideas? Call the show, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Eli, and you're listening to my dad, CFP, Chad Belton on Money 2.0, AM 1220. Send him an email at chad at newfocusfinancial.com. Welcome into Money 2.0. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Now, you're listening to Eli, my 10-year-old. You've heard Ava, 8. Kids kind of enjoy learning about money. Now, speaking of Warren Buffett, there's a couple of things I mentioned. When I was uh, interviewing Eli, we talked about the ABCs of Berkshire Hathaway. It's a book that's coming out. It's basically every letter in the alphabet stands for one of the companies that Berkshire owns. And so what I did is I printed out a list of those companies and had the kids circle the ones that they already knew about and then look up what they did. And that's how they chose to say they, they, they memorize it. Kids memorize things so quickly on the companies that they own. And it was really cool because they, you know, they know the Geico, the, the gecko from the Geico commercials. And they see these things on TV. And when Eli found out that Hasbro did, did the Beyblades and, uh, you know, it, kids can relate more than you think. Now, what's interesting is, uh, stock that I've owned for clients for a long time, McDonald's, it's at all time high, so it's by no means a recommendation. Um, my kids won't eat at McDonald's. They won't touch it. That's one of the reasons, you know, McDonald's has 60% of the revenue coming from overseas. So you can kind of learn about investing on your own from what your kids perceive. And, you know, how how will McDonald's do in the future based on what your kids are doing? How will Apple do in the future based on what your kids are buying? Do they want the Samsung or do they want an iPhone? Those types of things. So look around you when you're thinking about investing. Look with kid eyes as well. Now, Warren Buffett. The song that you just heard came from a website that uh, is smckids.com. That's smckids.com. It's the Secret Millionaires Club. It's a site also kind of uh, featuring Warren Buffett and some cartoon characters. And I was just noticing that that looks recently updated. So for a while, they weren't really doing anything with the site. And it uh, looks like 22 new episodes are going to be on the HUB cable network in you know starting March. So basically starting couple months ago. So I hadn't checked the site for a couple months. I'm going to show it to my kids again. The first version they weren't too super excited about, but this looks a little bit updated and better. Do you have any sites that you use to teach your kids about money? So call the show 800-516-1220. Actually, we only got a couple of minutes left. So email me, chat at chadburton.com. There's also in the app store, um, there's a lot of apps now that are more a digital way to do allowances for kids. 
So one of the ones that I've been using and loaded is, is You Rule, a game of chores, where you can kind of level up by doing extra things. And so check it out. Do what's right for your family, but spend some time doing it. It's actually kind of fun. Um, also, what's good, the things that you can do is as many brokerage firms, can you can open up a kid with uh, account with your kid. This is the only time when I do UTMAs. I, I hammered UTMAs in the last break, but I did just open one up for my 13-year-old Nick, so he could buy some stocks and ETFs. Because stocks, because ETFs are basically free, free through brokerage firms, one of the things you can do is open up a brokerage account, Schwab, TD Ameritrade, or Fidelity, teach your kid what an ETF is and what stocks they own, and let them pick from there. And basically, your transactions are free if you use the free list of ETFs. So teach your kids about money. If you're more interested in your retirement, your wealth management, don't forget Rob Black and I will be Palo Alto, June 8th, all day long at the Elks Club. The Elks Club is really nice in Palo Alto. You have to check it out. And in the morning, we're doing basically a retirement and wealth management boot camp. In the afternoon, a Money 102, and that's really into the asset allocation, the tax-efficient investing. It's a little deeper and more in-depth than the Money 101 that we typically do. So check that out. Go to chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. It goes to the same place. That's New Focus financial.com. You can send your emails through the site, ask me email questions, and uh, thanks for listening. Please tell a friend about the show. Have a good evening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.